Texas and beyond. Hell no, Hank Williams wouldn't make it today in Nashville, Tennessee. Are you kidding me? He's rolling over in his grave, I guarantee you. That bro country rap crap Nashville pop sound. Ugh, can't stand it. Anyway, I'm Cable Smith. Hope y'all are having a good weekend. It is great to be here talking all things outdoors on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. We've got a great show lined up for you today on this, the second weekend of archery season. Uh, we've got dove hunting still going on. The trout bites on fire on the Texas coast. Uh, big redfish are moving in as well. And then those lunker bass are putting on the feed sack if you're more of a freshwater angler as they gear up for winter. So lots to do in the great outdoors. And we're going to get into quite a bit of it here this morning. So, what's on the docket for today? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. Uh, first, we'll be joined by our Texas Parks and Wildlife Private Lands and Public Hunting Program Director, uh, Justin Dreibelweiss, will be here. All that money that is spent by outdoorsmen and women on draw applications for specific hunts, where does it go? Well, we're going to find out today. Uh, we'll also give you some stats on how many hunters are applying throughout Texas uh, for these draw hunt opportunities each year. How much money does it raise? Uh, those are all questions that we're going to ask Justin. And then where does it go? What does it fund? Hopefully um, it's going to be funding, you know, increased hunting opportunity. That would be the number one thing uh, on my list. If, you know, if I was to say, hey, this is what's most important to me as an outdoorsman, that and uh, conservation projects. So anyway, Justin will tell us where that money goes, uh, you know, and how they decide what they spend it on. Uh, and then we'll get into the uh, the application process. And then we will talk about the, and I'm excited, I'm always excited to talk about the big time Texas hunts. Because if there was a hunt or a draw that I could win anywhere in the world, it's, it's right here in Texas. The one that I covet most is the big time Texas hunts Grand Slam which is actually four hunts, if you're not aware. It's a desert bighorn sheep, a pronghorn, antelope, a uh, mule deer, and a whitetail hunt. And it's all paid for by Texas Parks and Wildlife. The winner just shows up, and he gets to go on these four incredible hunts. And, man, when you talk about desert bighorn sheep, whew, I don't know. That's uh, That might be at the top of my wish list or bucket list. So uh, we'll get into all that coming up here uh, in just a little bit. And then after that, we will shift gears and talk some fishing, uh, but not the kind of fishing that you're probably thinking. Uh, we're going to talk spear fishing, and we're going to take it even a step further because we're not putting on our scuba gear and, and uh, grabbing a spear gun and, and going offshore. Nope. We're actually spear fishing off of the bank this morning with Kelton Mollish of Taylor, Texas. Uh, this kid is, uh, well, he's not a kid. He's a young man. But he is pioneering the sport of spear fishing from the bank, and he actually makes his own spears. He's a welder by trade and has some pretty incredible uh, videos on Instagram and Facebook of him throwing spears at rough fish. 
and you know gar and carp and the like and uh it it looks extremely difficult i'm not gonna lie i mean he's he's standing 10 15 yards away and hurling a spear in the water at a fish you can barely see uh it's pretty neat and so uh kelton will be here to uh talk about this uh this new sport and uh you know his passion for spear fishing um so anyway i'm looking forward to that something uh that we've never talked about on this show and and I'm certainly looking forward to trying my hand at this sport because it sure does look like a lot of fun. Uh, it's like, I'd say, bow fishing on steroids for sure. Uh, so we're going to get into that, and then we will uh, wrap up today's broadcast with a little uh, advice from me to you on how to kill that big buck this fall. Trust me, a lot of y'all are better whitetail hunters than I am or ever will be, but I did manage to kill my biggest archery buck ever on opening weekend. And there was uh, a key to that success, which uh, I will get into here in a little bit. And it had to do with conditioning that buck uh, to uh, to come to not a feeder, uh, but a different kind of bait site. And one that I found to be very effective. So I'll tell you all about that coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, okay, so that's what's on the docket for today. It's going to be a good one. What else? Let's do a quick giveaway. How about uh, Lone Star Beer prize pack, camo koozie cap, and T-shirt to the third person to text in the word Lone Star. That's Lone Star to 214-289-7807. That's 214-289-7807. And uh, you could win uh, the Lone Star Beer camo prize pack. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. One other thing to mention here before we uh, take a quick break, uh, our October photo of the month contest is going on right now. We've got up for grabs this month, an all seasons fire pit. Uh, I've got one at my dear lease. You can actually, uh, not only sit around the campfire, drink a couple of cold beers after the evening hunt, uh, but it comes with a grill so you can cook your steaks or, uh, you know, your back strap on it as well. Uh, I think they retail for 300 bucks. So another awesome prize coming at you this month. Uh, so send in your best outdoor photos to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. Better yet, post them on our Facebook wall or uh, message them to me on Instagram. Uh, but do send them in. And then our 12 monthly winners from 2016 will square off at the end of the year for a chance to hunt trophy axis deer or black buck with me down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. So we are certainly excited about that as well. Uh, let's take a break. Coming up next, we're talking public hunting, desert bighorns, mule deer, pronghorn, whitetail, you name it. We're going to get into it next with Texas Parks and Wildlife's Justin Dribble-Blights right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Population, you and me. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. 
So you know I love my guns, and one of my favorite hobbies is target shooting. Grant Stinchfield here. Recently, I got to experience what it's like to shoot at the Rockwall Gun Club. It's an amazing place, sitting on 70 acres, but what makes the Rockwall Gun Club so special is not just its first-class state-of-the-art facilities. Yes, it even has a 500-yard rifle range where your results show up on an iPad, but for me, it's the private atmosphere. It's like a country club for gun owners, 100% members only. And what's so cool is that many of the members are law enforcement officers, so it's common to be shooting next to the pros. The Rockwall Gun Club has 19 100-yard rifle stations, 19 25-yard pistol stations, and if archery is your thing, there's even a range for bow hunters. Now is the time to act. Become a founding member like me. The incentives they're offering are too good to pass up. The Rockwall Gun Club offers family and corporate memberships. Visit rockwallgunclub.com to set up a tour and see firsthand what it's like to be part of a private shooting experience. Visit rockwallgunclub.com. That's rockwallgunclub.com. Tell them Grant Stinchfield sent you. Howdy, friends. Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my Custom 7 mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas, located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com. LSC Trailer Sales offers a full line of utility trailers, from small single-axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. They can special order a custom trailer to fit your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions that you have about trailers. Call 940-566-1133 or visit lsctrailersales.com. That's lsctrailersales.com. I can be high, wild, and free Where the Mackenzie's meet the heavens You can hike through God's out of street Where the dog sheep have dominion Awesome stuff there. Our good buddy Chad Slagle, High, Wild, and Free is the name of that one. I'm Cable Smith, and you are tuned in to Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. It's so great to be here with you today. Uh, thanks for dropping in. I do appreciate each and every one of you. As uh, We've got an interesting topic to get into regarding where does that money that you send in for basically any drawn hunt uh, that you're applying for, where do those funds go? Uh, we'll get into that here momentarily. Uh, but before we do that, this segment of the show is brought to you by Pulsar, where they continue to set the gold standard in night vision and thermal imaging technology. So keep your prey in sight day or night by visiting PulsarNV.com. Okay, uh, like I said, um, if you're like me, you've applied for various draw hunts, uh, probably in Texas and uh, out of state as well. Uh, now, some of the bigger ones where you immediately invest five or $600, uh, you do get that money back if you don't get drawn. But uh, the state agency will keep an application fee. In Texas, uh, we do it a little different. Um, but, you know, you might spend anywhere from 2 to $10 on uh, an application uh, for a draw. And you're not going to get that money back. Um, but it raises... A lot of funding for Texas Parks and Wildlife. We're going to find out how that money is appropriated. Where does it go? 
Uh, is it being put back into more hunting opportunity? All that kind of stuff. And here to give us the lowdown, it's my pleasure to welcome our Texas Parks and Wildlife Private Lands and Public Hunting Program Director, Justin Dribobliss. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, so I understand you just got back from a, a hunt here recently. We did. Just got back from the Panhandle. Our uh, our 2015 um, Grand Slam hunter just completed his uh, final hunt uh, for a pronghorn. Um, was able to take a really nice pronghorn buck and uh, close out his season. So it was a good uh, it was a good way to end it. Excellent. Yeah, and pronghorn season just opened up here on the first. Um, and, and we're going to talk more about the, uh, the Grand Slam and, and some various other hunts here momentarily, but first tell us a little bit about what you do as the program director for private lands and public hunting with Texas Parks and Wildlife. Sure. Well, um, from a private land standpoint, uh, you know, with more than 95% of our state being privately owned, um, Parks and Wildlife takes it very seriously about providing technical guidance, uh, to private landowners across the state. So, uh, from a program perspective, um, we offer support to our our parks and wildlife, private lands, wildlife biologists out across the landscape. We have a biologist that uh, at least represents every county of the state, and uh, that's a free service that, that we provide private landowners for technical guidance on wildlife management and, and natural resource management. So uh-huh. um, we provide um, you know technical support from, from headquarters uh, for those folks that are out in the field. Um, and try to get them what they need. Um, we have our Lone Star Land Steward program that um, is is a uh, landowner recognition program for those special land stewards out there across the state. So our opportunity to pat them on the back um, and, and show examples of you know exemplary land stewardship. And so that's that's another program that we have here that falls under our umbrella. From the public hunting side, we have a pretty robust public hunting system that. Um, you know, a lot of folks probably from out of the state and even in the state uh, may not have a great idea about. So uh, we're looking for opportunities all the time to, to tell them about it. So um, we have, we basically have a, a few different ways that you can participate in the public hunting program. Uh-huh. Um, we have our annual public hunting permit. It's a $48 permit that um, provides about 900,000 acres, a little more than that, of walk-in access where you can actually go opening day of dove season and be guaranteed a spot to go hunt. Um, well, that's what I've been so, doing for gosh, 15 years when I first started duck hunting, it was, uh, you, that, that's what gives you access to so many, uh, different, you know, lakes, WMAs, Corps of Engineers, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great program. It's, it's affordable. And what we really try to do is focus on areas outside of major Metro areas. And when we're looking for leases, so that folks that you know, all the folks that live in town will, would have a place to go, um, and, and not have an excuse to not be able to get outside with their friends and family and enjoy uh, enjoy hunting. So mm-hmm. um, that that's our annual public hunting permit program. And and really, if you're if you're willing to um, you know get adventurous and drive a little ways, sometimes you can get yourself um, into a really nice adventure and experience on some areas that. Um, in pretty much all parts of the state. So that's a that's a great way to enjoy the, the public hunting program. We also have drawn hunt system. So we're, we have an online draw system that we started. We went all online a couple years back. Um, we This year we're drawing somewhere around 8,000 permits statewide. 
And so we draw hunting opportunities for our wildlife management areas and state parks and state natural areas. Um, we also lease some private land where we run drawn hunts. We also draw for some of our partners um, that have you know, public hunting opportunities there too, including the U.S. Forest Service. Um, and then this year, for the first time, we're actually drawing a significant number of permits for the National Wildlife Refuge System with U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. So we'll be drawing exotic and whitetail permits for Laguna Atascosa, uh, Lower Rio Grande National Wildlife Refuge, and then we'll be drawing some uh, whitetail deer permits for Balcones Canyonlands too. So that's something we're excited about offering some offering some new opportunities to our constituents and then you know, helping the National Wildlife Refuge System uh, kind of remove some of their um, permit issuance burdens that they've had on them for a long time. And so it's a really good partnership. Well, that's excellent, man. Um, and and like we said, I mean, there's something there's something for everybody out there. White-tailed deer, uh, as you mentioned, alligator, turkey, mule deer, antelope, even desert bighorn sheep, plus various exotics. Uh, so lots of opportunity on both public and private land. But let me ask you this, Justin, about how many applications do you guys get every fall? Well, um, there's, you know, different, different categories, different areas are going to have, um, are going to have drastically different numbers of applications, but all, all total, um, the 15, 16 season, we had, um, over 213,000 total applications. Uh Um, and, and that's, that covers all of our, you know, options as far as, you know, public land, private land, um, deer, bighorn, you name it. That's, that's all said and done. 214,000 applications. Wow. Um, so there's, there's definitely some interest, but, um, you'll see when you go, you know, very well, okay, well, if you go on that, on our uh, draw hunt website, there's lots and lots of options. And so you can, um, if, if somebody was so inclined, they could apply for a lot of hunting opportunity there. Oh, sure. And you mentioned that y'all drew over 8,000 permits. So that's right. 213,000. I'm sure some of those were multiple applications, you know, uh, people putting in for more than one thing. I know that's what I typically do. Uh, So your odds are actually not that bad. Um, Which hunts, and I'm guessing uh, Desert Bighorn probably is the most sought after just because it is such a hard tag to get, but which hunts are most desired as far as the number of applications you see? Well, you're um, kind of our big name, um, big name wildlife management areas um, that have been producing big deer for a long time. I mean, the the chaparral wildlife management, um, gun deer either sex is always a popular one. Obviously, bighorn sheep in West Texas is is our most is our most popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but the exotic hunts um, that are run on on Mason Mountain are uh, tend to be pretty popular, um, and we've split that out into a few different categories to create a little more opportunity the mule deer hunts um are, are very popular and then we also offer a limited number of uh, pronghorn permits up on the rita blanca grasslands far north panhandle oh yeah i've and, been there uh, uh-huh. those it's awesome place and and awesome pronghorn resource too and, and uh, it, it's it's very popular the the draw odds are not great but it's one of those things for you know, for a three-dollar application, it's worth taking a shot at for sure. Yeah, yeah. And what is the typical cost? You know, for I know we we're going to get into the uh, the big-time Texas hunts here momentarily, but 
say for you just want to, you know, apply for an alligator hunt down on the Texas coast or uh, one of those deer hunts at the Chaparral, well, typically what's your investment there? Yeah, it's really pretty cheap, uh, especially compared to a lot of the western states. Um, you know, we're most of our most of our application fees are three dollars for an adult. Um, on depending on which area it is, some of the more sought after, um, you know, private lands areas, uh, bighorn permit, those are ten dollar draws, but that's as expensive as it gets. Uh, ten dollar applications there, three dollars most of the time. And one thing I would like to remind everybody of is that that youth applications are always free, um, and and so is the permit fee. Um, once once some once a youth is selected, their permit fee is free as well, um, where an adult would be charged um, eighty or one hundred and thirty dollar permit fee, um, depending on how long the hunt is. Um, a youth would be free, and so that's something that um, you know even those permit fees are are really. Um, pretty darn cheap for the great opportunity that you're getting to get on some of these state parks and wildlife management areas that, you know, don't get hunted other than by our drawn public hunters. Oh yeah. No, I just blew 600 bucks on a, a, uh, Colorado, either, uh, either sex elk tag and came home empty handed, but you know, yeah, so. well, d- don't worry. I'm, I'm in that club too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you talk about, uh, 80 bucks. I, I, I got drawn for the, uh, Hill Country State Natural Area uh, whitetail hunt, and it, it was actually exotics or whitetails. Uh, basically, whatever you saw, um, you had a green light on on that hunt, and that place never gets hunted. Uh, it was a great experience. the The uh, park staff was friendly, you know, uh, very helpful. We were able to camp right there in the park. Only thing was, like I told you off the air, you know, uh, that that place has such a high deer density, but when it rains every day, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. So, that's uh, that's that's unfortunate, but yeah, yeah part part of the deal. I think but yeah, no, the section the, before us, they they harvested like twenty seven deer, and I think our group <laughs> harvested between like twenty hunters, like four and four days or whatever it was. Wow. So, yeah, wow. the weather just didn't play ball, but it's still, you know, highly recommend that. Uh, you know, the whole experience was was one that I would uh, do again in a heartbeat. Well, I appreciate the feedback. Well, our, I know our staff, um, wildlife division and parks division. Um, they, they really enjoy this part of their job that they enjoy the, you know, providing access to, to, uh, the public hunters that, that, you know, quite frankly, pay the bills for conservation, um, in our state and in our country. And so, um, they understand that and, and, you know, providing public hunting access is important to them and, um, and, and they enjoy it too. Mm -hmm. So always good to, always good to hear good feedback about the, the, uh, work our staff do on these, on these hunts. Let me ask you this, Justin. So if I'm looking online, because the whole draw system is now online, um, used to just get a, you know, like a phone book sized booklet uh, to go through, but you can find it all online now. It's very convenient. Um, How many permits can I apply for? Is there a limit or can I apply for every one if I want to? Well, um, when we switch to the online system, we now allow people to apply for more than one hunt within a category. So before, if you were going to, you could only apply for one gun deer either sex. Mm -hmm. So if you chose to apply for the Chaparral Wildlife Management Area, you couldn't turn around and apply for a gun deer either sex at the Kerr Wildlife Management Area. Um, Now you have the capability to do that. And so um, the bonus points that you accrue when when you apply and don't get drawn, those apply for any gde hunt 
Um, and so if you get drawn for one of them, they'll go away, but they will help you get drawn in that category. So, Mm -hmm. um, you can, you can, you can apply for, you can basically apply for every hunt, um, on, on the uh, website, just can't apply for the hunt more than once. Right. Okay. And the other thing I do want to mention is, uh, you can attach your tag to say, you know, a friend or family member, multiple, actually a, a buddy went with me on that, uh, on that trip down to Bandera. And I know that that's pretty popular. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and depending on the resource, depending on what the, uh, you know, what the park or wildlife management area staff have, have, uh, said their, their numbers will be, you can, you can add multiple people on an application. Um, certain applications only will allow one or two, but you can oftentimes apply with up to four people on an application. Right on. Okay. So, uh, that, kind of as an overview of our general draw uh, for whitetail, exotics, alligator, turkey, I mean, you name it. Uh, but we do need to take a break here. Uh, however, Justin, I'd love to have you stick around because I really want to get into the big-time Texas hunts and the huge economic impact that it has on public hunting opportunity in the Lone Star State. So uh, can you stick around for another segment? Yeah, absolutely. Be glad to. Perfect. And that segment, by the way, brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the deer lease this season. Lone Star is once again available in that famous camo can this fall. Remember, drink responsibly, though. Uh, wait till you climb down out of that tree stand before you crack open an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Y'all don't go anywhere. Coming up after the break, we are talking desert bighorn sheep, pronghorn, muleys, and whitetails. It's more on our big-time Texas hunts only on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. It ain't nothing a little bit of love won't fix. It ain't nothing but a scratch a little bit of love can stitch. It ain't nothing a little bit of love. If you're looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW, then Three Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide Scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace 
that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoff Powers Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H is in Hoff Power, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoff Powers has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. Howdy, this is Robert Earl Keen, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoors Show. They only pay me nickels and dimes in a game that I can never win. Since the coming on of the son and brother again. There's a classic from our very own Robert Earl King bringing us back on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff. Powerful Harris, I'm Cable Smith, and it truly is a treat to be here talking outdoors with you, so thanks for letting me ride shotgun. I appreciate each and every one of you. As we're all set to continue talking public hunting opportunity in the Lone Star State, specifically our big-time Texas hunts, and we're going to jump into that here momentarily. But first, this segment brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. We'd love to have you get involved with this like-minded group of folks who are passionate about hunter education, hunter's rights, and conservation. So to get plugged in, visit our website at biggame.org. Okay, uh, well, let's go ahead and, uh, and get back into it here with our Texas Parks and Wildlife Public Hunting Program Director, Justin Dreibelbleis. And Justin, before the break, you know, we talked about some of the, uh, you know, the draw opportunities for whitetails, exotics, turkey, alligators, you name it. A lot of those applications are actually two between 2 and $5. And then we have our big-time Texas hunts, which provides hunting opportunity for some of the uh, more desired big-game animals, uh, specifically desert bighorn sheep, uh, pronghorn, whitetail, and mule deer. And I believe those are $10 an entry. That's right. So um, Big Time Texas Hunts is our, uh, when I'm describing it to people, I like to call it a conservation fundraiser. Um, so we have nine different categories of, of fully guided, all-inclusive hunts that are on some pretty remarkable areas. Um, some of our better wildlife management areas uh, for some of these hunts. And then some are on private lands um, being guided by professional guides and outfitters. Um, all of these are all inclusive hunts. They're all in, um, in very well managed areas. And, um, and the great thing about it is all the money goes back to wildlife conservation, habitat work and public hunting access projects. So, um, it's a, it's a great deal. They're $10 per chance Mm -hmm. and you can buy as many of these as you want. And so we've got, uh, like I said, nine different nine different packages. They're ten dollars, um, and then if you buy them online, they're only nine dollars. There's a if you buy them online, there is a five dollar convenience fee, um, but the tickets are nine dollars, and if you get more than five, then you're saving money. Sure, <laughs> sure. And what are some of the hunts offered? Um... Well, our kind of our um, the big ticket item that is something you probably won't see anywhere else is our Texas Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. And so, if somebody is drawn for this hunt, they will get four separate hunts 
around the state. Um, mule deer, whitetail, pronghorn antelope, and desert bighorn sheep. Um, and the desert bighorn sheep will occur on that hunt will take place on one of our parks and wildlife wildlife management areas in West Texas, and um, where this where the um, bighorn restoration efforts kind of started, and um, you know something we're really proud of that we have a huntable population of desert bighorn sheep in West Texas. It's taken a lot of work to get there, but um, starting to kind of um, be able to enjoy the fruits of of a lot of folks' labor. No doubt, no doubt. And so there's one tag available through the Grand Slam, is what I call it, I guess, you know. That's correct. Uh, and then isn't there one other just regular draw for? Uh... Yeah, so there is. So we have one in the Big Time Texas Hunts Grand Slam package, and then we'll have one permit available in the regular permit draw. Mm-hmm. And that's a $10 application on the Draw and Hunt website. Right, right. Well, and it's such a cool deal because uh, th- that's an animal that probably – 99% of the people out there listening today will never have the opportunity to hunt because it's so expensive. You want to hunt a desert bighorn and you don't draw a tag, you're looking at, you know, fifty to $60,000 probably. Oh, yeah, uh, minimum. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people go to Mexico to get their sheep slam if, if they can't find one in, uh, you know, the southwest. Uh, but uh, what a what an awesome tag to draw. And we had, gosh, it's been probably four years, but the uh, the Grand Slam winner that owns that cafe – I can't remember what town it's in, uh, but a uh, smaller Texas town west of DFW. He owns a cafe there, and he's got all four of his trophies from that hunt displayed in his cafe. Uh, I don't know if you've been, how long you've been in this position, but uh, gosh, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been here uh, going on two years now. So okay, yeah. So this that was that you. was before my time, yeah. but it's a just a just a such a cool um just a cool opportunity for these folks and um you know i got to spend some time this last week with virgil wilson who's our who's our hunter this time around and uh he's just had he's had a wonderful experience on all of his hunts he you know he he was kind of reliving all of the um opportunities that he'd had through this through the program and telling me about his desert bighorn sheep elephant mountain Mm -hmm. and um you know he was hunting pronghorn in the northern panhandle he um, killed a really nice mule deer out in the Trans-Pecos and then a, a great whitetail down in kind of southwest Texas. Awesome. He just, um, he, he's, he was a, a happy camper, that's for sure. No doubt. Well, and so tell us where the money goes. So all these 2 and $3 applications, you know, they add up, plus the $10 applications for the big-time Texas hunt. Where does right. all of that funding go? So, the, um, so Parks and Wildlife runs a lot of our programs and activities off of hunting license and permit fees. And that's kind of how we, how we pay for all the conservation work that we do here at parks and wildlife. And so the general, the general public hunting draw system, all those fees go, go into our general fund and help us fund day-to-day operations of of the department. Mm -hmm. Big time Texas hunts is different. These, these fees are, um, are they're earmarked for wildlife conservation, habitat work, and public hunting access work. And so every dime that goes into Big Time Texas Hunts is earmarked and can only be used in that fashion. And so that's something that, that uh, I think is an important message to get out there that, you know what, some of these, some of these hunts, are, they're long odds. I mean, I'm not going to you know, sugarcoat that. Um, but the thing that you can feel good about when you're buying these Big Time Texas Hunt raffle tickets is that the money is going to be going to 
to good use. And so I, yeah, I referenced the hunting opportunity. I mean, who doesn't want yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, and so I referenced our, our bighorn sheep restoration efforts. Um, a lot of these big-time Texas hunts funds through the years have gone to those efforts, whether they're flying surveys, um, capturing sheep and moving them to new mountain ranges. Um, a, a lot of that work has been funded with big-time Texas hunts money. Um, and so that money's separate from the general draw. That That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then over the last few years, just or a couple of years since I've been here, we've, hun- we've funded a number of um, habitat projects on wildlife management areas, um, you know, spraying shinnery oak, um, going in and um, doing some grubbing work um, up in the panhandle on some of our wildlife management areas, um, planting food plots, buying equipment to plant food plots, um, buying hog traps and deer blinds and um, all the things that, you know, public hunters should appreciate that work being done on those wildlife management areas. And so um, we're funding private lands leases for public hunting access. We're building some new roads, improving roads and access on our wildlife management areas. And then we're also improving our online draw system um, with some of these funds as well. So um, it is something that, that, a, that an applicant can feel good about where that, where that $10 is going. Well, and you mentioned, uh, I wanted to hit on deer blinds. It's like, well, why is Texas Parks My Life buying deer blinds? Well, and I didn't know about this because on, on my hunt down there at the, uh, the Hill Country State Natural Area, basically you just had a quadrant that was, I don't know, say three or 400 acres that you had access to hunt. Right. Uh, but I know on some of the other uh, deer hunts, you know, some big deer get shot. And uh, we went into town one night to get, just to get out of the rain and eat dinner. And one of the other hunters was at the bar we were at. And he showed me some pictures of a buck, well, actually two or three bucks he had on his wall that he killed all on uh, through the draw system. Uh, I think a couple were from the Chaparral, maybe. Is, is the Daughtry another one? That, uh, That's right. Yeah, uh, one was from the Daughtry. But he said that the uh, either the game wardens or the park officials just, they drop you off at a deer blind, and they've already got a feeder set up, and, and you know, the, the whole deal is just taken care, you know, taken care of. Different uh, different areas run their hunts slightly differently, mm-hmm. um, and so on some areas, yeah, they will they'll they'll be hunting out of blinds, um, and uh, very few very few have feeders. Um, some allow feed, some don't, and mm-hmm. and you can find that information on the actual write up on each hunt in the draw system. Yeah, um, but a lot of the a, a lot of areas do have hunting blinds, and uh, the staff is able to you know, drop you off at those hunting blinds and, and they're there to, you know, help you however they can. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so th- some places are, it, it's, uh, your chances are better hunting out of a stand and, um, just because of the habitat and, and uh, sure. vegetation, the way it is. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's some nice deer down there in that, that part of the world anyway. So, uh, I was just amazed at the quality of animals he'd been able to, to harvest through this system. And, oh yeah, there's definitely some good ones taken each year. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, as we're wrapping things up, though, I did want to mention that you know if you're interested in applying, uh, you can find the draw odds for each specific hunt, also past success rates, and um, if it is a hunt where say it's white-tailed deer and exotics, it'll list some of the other exotic species you might see. Uh, all that good stuff is available right there. If uh, folks go to the Texas Parks and Wildlife homepage, um, where where do they go from from that point? Yeah, if you're on the homepage, just click on hunting mm-hmm. and then drop down to public hunting. And then that'll give you um, 
links right there to go to either annual public hunting, uh, draw hunts, regular daily permits, or um, some mentored hunting workshops that are held on uh, a few state parks around the area, too. Uh-huh. Okay. Awesome. And the deadline is fast approaching. That's the other thing we need to mention. Yeah, definitely. So October 15th is the deadline for big-time Texas hunts. Um, and so we'll we'll draw within the next couple days after that and start letting people know. And uh, so we're excited about it. But, yeah, so uh, we're, we're less than two weeks away from that deadline. So uh, definitely go in and, and buy yourself a chance at some really excellent hunting opportunities. No, the hunts of a lifetime. That's what it is. I mean, <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Well, cool. Well, Justin, we appreciate all that you do. Uh, thanks for looking out for uh, the Texas outdoorsman or woman. Um, increasing public hunting opportunity is, is something that uh, obviously uh, every outdoorsman can appreciate. And uh, we look forward to visiting with you again soon. Thanks a lot for having me, Cable. All right, there he goes. Our Texas Parks and Wildlife Public Hunting Program Director, uh, Justin Dreibelbleis. Always great to have him on with us. And that segment, by the way, brought to you by Scent Blocker. In addition to uh, their entire lineup of hunting apparel from base layers to midweights to heavy outerweight jackets and pants that you're going to need in the backcountry this winter, you need to check out the Beast. It is their brand new ghillie suit. I just shot my biggest archery buck ever this past week while sitting on the ground wearing this suit. I'm not kidding you. It is awesome. You can find it at scentblocker.com, and you'll save 10% off your order if you use my promo code LONESTAR10. And plus, we're going to give away a Beast ghillie suit that is actually a jacket, pants, gloves, and hood. Uh, That's the entire suit. We're going to give one away on social media this week. So uh, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages because we're going to be hooking one of y'all up with a Beast ghillie suit, uh, ideal for still hunting or hunting on the ground. All right, so let's take a break here. Up next, we're going to get into something that you've probably never seen or heard about, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, maybe some of you have, but as far as spear fishing, and I'm talking about throwing spears at rough fish like gar and carp, uh, I didn't even know that was a thing until a couple months ago. But uh, one of the pioneers of this sport, who also happens to make his own custom handmade Fishing Spears, uh, Taylor, Texas's Kelton Mollish will be here next, only on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Where slowly flows the Rio, grows my rose along the Rio. If you're in the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas, Louisville, Bobcat of Fort Worth, and Bobcat of Longview. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. LSC Trailer Sales offers a full line of utility trailers, from small single-axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. They can special order a custom trailer to fit your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions that you have about trailers. Call 940-566-1133 or visit lsctrailersales.com. That's lsctrailersales.com. 
Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Hey guys, this is Jason Christian. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. This is my river hat. I've had it for years. I've shared some good times in it and drank a lot of beers. It fell in a campfire on the banks of the Comal River. It burned a hole clean through it. All right, one of my favorites there from Roger Greger of River Songs, the name of that one. Bringing us back here on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors Show. Brought to you by Lone Star Beer and our friends over at Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for being here today. As, man, we are about to get into, you know, like the X Games or like the extreme sports of the sporting world, like BMXing and skateboarding and all that stuff. Well, I would call spearfishing one of the extreme sports of the outdoor world. And we're going to get into a little spearfishing. It's not what you're thinking either. I guarantee you that. Uh, But we're going to get into that here momentarily. But first, this segment of the show is brought to you by Two Texas Traditions. When it comes to handguns, nobody does them better than STI. They're based out of Georgetown. You can find their full lineup of pistols at sti-guns.com. And then, of course, Rudy's Barbecue. Uh, where you can stop in after the hunt for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Or if you're fishing, hey, stop in for lunch after you get off the water. It's Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue. Okay, let's bring him on now. Our next guest hails from Taylor, Texas. He's a young man who has inspired me, I'm not going to lie, to take up this new sport. And uh, I call it new. I mean, there, there might be people doing it out there, but... I haven't seen it. I don't think that it's very popular, but it seems like something that will increase in popularity. Uh, So here to talk some spearfishing, it is my pleasure to welcome Kelton Mollich to the show. Uh, Yeah, man. Thanks. You betcha. It's a pleasure. Uh, So, hey, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself as far as, you know, where you're from, um, how old you are, and and what you like to hunt and fish for. Um, I'm from... Taylor, Texas. I mean, I went to Thrall High School. Uh-huh. Um, That's around Round Rock? Oh, well, it's 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 its own town, you know, but it's near Round Rock in Austin. Okay. Uh-huh. Right and uh, I'm 19 years old. Um, I've been doing this for, I don't know, since I was probably eight or nine. Yeah. Well, hunt, um, hunting and fishing, but specifically yeah. uh, spear fishing. You've been doing it that long? Yeah, I've been doing it a pretty good long time. I mean, as long as I can remember, because we used to play around down by the creeks and stuff, and I'd make spears and just uh, yeah. mess around. Yeah. yeah well, And we're going to get into that here uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but just a little background. About six months ago or so, you started sending me these videos on Instagram of you uh, doing some pretty, well, I'd call it, you know, some pretty insane footage. Um, where you were spearfishing, and I'd imagine most listeners out there probably envision 
you know, somewhere offshore on an oil rig or some kind of reef in blue water with a spear gun and, you know, scuba tank. Um, when you think of spear fishing, that's probably what most people think of. But you're actually standing on the bank and throwing a homemade spear at rough fish like uh, gar and carp, right? Yes, sir. And and those are your main targets? Um, Pretty much. Pretty much anything. I mean, anything I can legally throw at. Uh-huh. Try to, you know... Yeah, hit gar and carp and stuff like that. Oh, buffalo. and one of them, uh, you sent me one of a catfish, and it was in private water, like a, a stock tank. Yeah, it so, was our stock tank. Yeah, so that was uh, legal on that front. Um, so I guess you mentioned that you used to do this as a kid, you know, making spears and whatnot. Is it something that you kind of just did on your own, or was there somebody that inspired you to take that up? I mean, you know, I like Indian arrowheads and stuff like that, and... I was just, you know, kind of seeing, you know, Indians would have spears and stuff, so I'd play around with it. Uh-huh. But nothing really inspired me. I I just seen it and did it. Well, and so it helps that you're also a welder by trade. Yes, sir. Yeah. I've been gigging for fish and, and actually in Cayman Alligators in Brazil's Amazon rainforest and been sitting there with, uh, you know, a, an actual Brazilian indian in his dugout canoe and watching him gig fish and alligators and uh and then he let me have a go and and that was pretty hard you know i I probably missed 10 times before i finally connected with one and when you you know when you talk about actually throwing a spear compared to just being in the boat and just sticking it in them i mean that adds an even more challenging element how far away are you when when you know you take most of your throws i'm sometimes 10 10 yards i mean I mean, I can make a 25-yard throw. I mean, I can throw pretty far. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I guess there's a hunting aspect to it as well because you're trying to get as close to the fish as you can without spooking it, right? Yeah, if I can get closer, that's better. Okay. It, okay. But so how far was your average toss, like 10 yards or so? Yeah, I mean, I try to get in five yards, but if I have to, it would be 10 yards or so. I mean, mm-hmm. well, some, me- some are real close, though, too. Yeah. Well, and let me ask you this: How do you how do you practice? I mean, what do you throw at uh, a hay bale, or what do you what do you have a target set up? I mean, I've thrown at my bow target a few times. Um, I use I don't know. I just use like just anything like gourds, like those gourds go out in cornfields. Uh-huh. So it's a smaller target and even a little more challenge. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, like we said, you actually make these spears yourself. Uh, describe that process. I'm and. I'll let everyone know I'm actually holding one of your handmade spears right here in the studio. You made this for me. It's it's uh, one of the coolest and most original gifts I've, I've ever received, so I, I truly do appreciate it. Yes. Um, I call it Americana art that I'm actually going to take and, you know, use in the field, so that's even cooler. Um, but, yeah, but talk about, you know, describe the, the spear. Basically, it looks like a an overgrown uh, bow fishing arrow. Yeah, it's, I mean, I use stainless steel, and I just use a metal rod and heat it up and beat it flat. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the, I've had the best luck with that. I use, I leave it a little thick. I mean, it, it works real good, because if you make it too thin, it'll, you'll throw it, and it'll bend every time. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's no good when you're out there. Um, yeah, I just make it out of stainless, flatten it, and put some barbs on it, and put some string on it. Yeah. Pretty original. 
So it's a and it's a wooden handle, and then yeah, talk about the string aspect because in the videos you sent me, I don't really see you know you can see the string, you can see once you've hit the fish, you pulling the fish in with that string. What is the string attached to though? Uh, I mean it's attached to the back of the spear. I mean through the wood handle. Yeah, but like how do you keep it attached to you? Uh, I just put a I just put a slip knot and put it around my wrist, you know. Okay. And I was just you know want to make sure I don't lose this thing when I take it out there and throw it the first time. Okay, yeah, so. it floats anyway, though. So. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, so okay, so one prong, you know, big stainless, uh, uh, you know, the spear tip, and then two barbs. Looks like like, like a giant bow fishing arrow. Um, got the string, um, the wooden shaft. Like I said, one of the coolest things I've ever received. What is your success rate, though? I mean, it, when I'm bow fishing, I'm lucky if I connect, you know, 25% of the time. Uh, imagine this. I know you're pretty good at it, but realistically, um, you know, how often do you connect with your, your target? Um, I mean, it just depends. Um, how close you are, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, normally I can get it like 60% of the time, 70 Oh, wow. Wow. I can get them 90 percent time, but I mean, yeah, okay. It just kind of depends. Well, here, so here's the other thing. So, what uh, what kind of areas are you targeting? You know, when you're saying, "Hey, I'm going to go, you know, throw my spear, try to get some fish today." Um, where do you go look? Obviously, you're looking for uh, gar, carp, like you said, buffalo, uh, rough fish, um, and it looks like you're doing a lot of it maybe in creeks. Yeah, and uh, like gravel rivers. Um, I look for like shallow areas where they would spawn, or best times during spawning season. Right. But uh, like sometimes like deep holes with like you know shallow spots above to where they can't quite get over. Uh huh. But they all build up in it. Those are the best. Okay. And and you said their spawning season is the is the best time to go. I believe carp spawn in the springtime. So now, oh well, I guess we're just coming out of the best time then, huh? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're out of it. I tried it not too long ago, and there was nothing, no gar. Yeah, okay. It's more of a warm weather activity. Yes. Right on, right on. Obviously, like we said, just something something different, something outside of the box. When you sent me that first video, I was like, holy crap, I've never seen that before. I thought it was awesome, and and I uh, certainly appreciate you sending me a, uh, a spear. Uh, I'll keep you updated on, on how the... Uh, the practice goes because I'm sure going to practice a little bit before I go out there and just start chunking it um, at fish. But uh, what, have you ever thought about what this would do if you threw it at a hog? Uh, that spear I made you, I think it, I think it could get a hog pretty good. Yeah. Because I sharpened the barbs and everything. I did a little different than mine. Okay. I, I've so. got, uh, I've got some coming into my feeder pretty much, coming in my feeder pretty much every. Uh, evening so i'm thinking you know maybe this would be uh yeah that might have the bigger target <laughs> yeah that might work for a pig yeah awesome well man i uh i certainly do appreciate it uh, if you want to give us your uh your instagram handle so folks can follow along with your uh your spear fishing adventures and other stuff you've got going on there it's keltonmolish is my instagram and my facebook is the same thing and that's m-a-l-i-s-h uh-huh okay and yeah, I just want to remind remind people that it is illegal, you know, to uh, fish for game fish on on public waters with a spear. Uh, so yes, sir, don't very go, illegal. Yeah, don't go out and do that. But uh, no. stock tanks are fine, and and all those rough fish make uh, you know, like I said, really a target rich environment. Uh, 
So plenty of opportunity there. Um, well, Kelton, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, and I'm really excited about this, is um, you're going to make another homemade custom spear, which we're going to give away on our Instagram page coming up here uh, very soon. So we're certainly looking forward to that as well, man. Yes, sir. Um, I'll get to you as soon as possible. Well, good deal, man. Well, we certainly do appreciate it. Thanks again for jumping on with us. Yes, sir. Income. Uh, all right. Take care. All right, Taylor, Texas is Kelton Mollish. Uh, great stuff there. And seriously, I'm holding the spear in my hand right now. I'll keep you all updated on uh, my fishing adventures and whether or not I take this bad boy out and try to stick a hog with it as well. I think I'm going to make a fool of myself, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, I'll have to put in some practice time. But I will be sure to video it and put it on our uh, Facebook page and YouTube channel. So stay tuned for that. Y'all know I'm not too proud to make a fool of myself. Uh, anyway, that segment of the show was brought to you by Sendero Seed Company, Texas premier seed company. They've got anything and everything you need to keep a happy and healthy whitetail herd, including the Dr. Deer-backed buck, forage, oats. Check them out at SenderoSeed.com or call Rob Hughes at one 610 seed Today, Sendero Seed Company for all your planting needs. Uh, let's knock out a break here. When we come back, I'll tell you how I tagged my biggest archery buck to date last week on my lease up north of the Red River. We all know those big bucks don't always come into feeders. And so with that in mind, I tried something a little bit different this season, and it worked to a T. Big buck down opening weekend. I'll tell you all about it next right here on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet, they'll cast their golden crowns when the man comes around. Cable Smith here for Lone Star Ag Credit. We all know land is a limited commodity. Let's face it, they're not making any more of it, but everybody wants it. Whether that's to build a house, hunt deer, or run cattle, allow Lone Star Ag Credit to help make that land your land. They've been doing it since 1917. For more information, Visit LoneStarAgCredit.com to let them help you finance your piece of Texas today. We all love fishing, but private water fishing makes the experience even more enjoyable. Private means private, and when you reserve one of over 50 private lakes, that means you're the only one on the water. Lakes are stocked and professionally managed to grow big bass, and most have boats on site at no charge. You'll catch bigger numbers and bigger fish than on public water. Silence, solitude, and no crowds. It's a great way to introduce kids and grandkids into the outdoors. Visit privatewaterfishing.com to become a member today. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. 
You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. I hear the rustle of the leaves, is it a buck or the breeze? My heart rate's rising with every beat. Then right in the open, bent down in the stream, was the biggest damn deer that I'd ever seen. But I was ready. Yeah, I was ready. All right. Kyle Hunt, Deer Hunting Songs, the name of that one, bringing us back here on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players. Cable Smith here. Thanks so much for sharing a part of your weekend with me. Hope that it's been a good one so far. Uh, man, I hope that a lot of y'all have plans to climb in a tree stand and maybe arrow that big buck uh, here on the second weekend of archery season. And we're going to get into uh, my opening weekend here uh, momentarily, not because I'm some great hunter, because you all know that's far from the truth. I get lucky once in a while, uh, but uh, I employed a new tactic uh, this this fall, and man, it had stunning results, and I can't wait to tell you about it. It's not rocket science. Some of you all probably already do it, but for those who don't, I'm going to recommend that you do, and we'll get into that momentarily, but first, uh, this segment of the show is brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. Uh, yeah, that big buck that I shot last weekend, <laughs> you know where it's going. Josh and Becky over at Rustic Reminders take care of all of my trophy mounts, uh, whether that's a whitetail, an axis deer, a black buck, trout, you name it. Uh, I've been working with them for going on six years now, and really the recording studio was like an homage to uh, to their talents as taxidermists. Because we're running out of wall space, my friends. There are so many uh, dead animals in here. Uh, my friends, I call them my my, my good friends, that uh, I've actually eaten every one of them. So anyway, Josh and Becky, uh, they are the best of the best. They answer the phone when I call, and uh, they give you a realistic turnaround time. None of this, hey, we'll get your mount back to you in two months, and then two years later, you're trying to track them down. No, they are trustworthy, and they do amazing work. Rustic Reminders Taxidermy, you can find them at gr8mounts.com. That's gr8mounts.com. Okay, well, uh, I'm excited to tell y'all I arrowed my biggest archery buck to date. Actually, uh, the biggest free-range deer I've ever killed uh, beat my South Texas 10-point by an eighth of an inch. So uh, this big mainframe eight point I've been chasing on my lease north of the Red River for the past two seasons. I've got about 940 acres up there that I share with three other guys and we're all pretty passionate bow hunters. Uh, and this guy was on the hit list, uh, last year, just a little history. We didn't know what to expect. It was our first year on this, uh, on this property in Oklahoma. And, and, and y'all might say, well, why does, why do you go to Oklahoma to hunt? Well, it's cheaper. Uh, so that's another little tip for you. If you're looking for a lease and you're around the DFW area and you don't want to pay, you know, $4,000 a gun or a spot, you might want to think about heading north, uh, Oklahoma, and even Kansas and some 
cases have more affordable options. And there's probably a lot of folks listening today who are like, you son of a you-know-what, stop giving away our secrets. But hey, I'm here to inform you, and that's what we're doing. That's been a great experience for me. Yes, uh, poaching is more likely (laughs) uh, north of the Red River. There's no doubt about that. We caught poachers on our trail cams last season, actually, but it was a something that was dealt with very swiftly. I put their faces, and y'all might remember this, but uh, I put the pictures on Facebook, and within 24 hours, someone had given me their names. Uh, So the game wardens dealt with that situation uh, very effectively, and they haven't been back since. Uh, So anyway, um, we had this awesome eight-point, just really thick rack, a lot of good mass, and uh, but a young deer. He was three and a half last year, so... We decided not to shoot him. Well, then towards rifle season in Oklahoma, that is another thing. Uh, there's only a two-week rifle season, so you have to keep that in mind. It's it's uh, more of a bow-friendly uh, hunting opportunity. But I'm sitting there in the blind opening day of rifle season, and I lose count at 25 rifle blasts just within earshot. So we kind of had a powwow and said, you know what, on second thought, we don't want the neighbors to uh, whack this deer, so if someone sees him, you know, green light. Well, we all were comfortable with that. Ended up, nobody had an opportunity at this buck uh, in the rifle season or or thereafter during, uh, you know, finishing up archery season. So we were excited to see what he turned into this year. And uh, like I said, a biologist aged him at three and a half or four and a half years old. Uh, so this year we were thinking, no, oh, he's probably five and a half. And uh, I had a, a lot of pictures of him this summer. Um, but I, I did something different. He, he'd come to my all seasons feeder, but that son of a gun would only be there when I was not there. I'm talking last year. And then, uh, when I'd be hog hunting this summer, if I was in that blind, he knew it. And I didn't go in there at the same time, uh, when I was hunting, you know, sometimes I'd hunt the morning, sometimes the evening, sometimes I'd, I'd stay all day in that blind, but it didn't matter. When I was there, he wasn't, and then I'd have pictures of him the next day, or sometimes if I sat the morning, he'd show up the evening, and so this game of cat and mouse, uh, you know, I was getting t- I was getting a little tired of him always knowing what I was up to, so this summer, I decided to start hand corning, um, and uh, so about 100 yards away down in uh, kind of this little valley, um, I actually had another old feeder site there, so I already had the, the barbed wire up to uh, keep the livestock away from the feeder. And I just started dumping two bags of corn there every time I'd go to the lease. So, you know, dump out 100 pounds of corn. It lasts probably three days before the deer and the hogs completely devoured it. And so I kind of conditioned them to, uh, you know, look at that, at that spot for a free corn buffet. So anyway... Oh, and I'd also spray scent blocker uh, HUI or DUI, the the deer under the influence or hog under the influence attractant on there, and that seemed to have uh, good results as well. And just spray that on the on the bait pile. So I conditioned these deer to look uh, at that bait site, uh, you know. And I had actually gone out opening weekend last weekend and dumped uh, 100 pounds of corn in there on Saturday afternoon. Well, Sunday morning. Uh, he was actually at the bait site and I, you know, checked cameras midday, decided I was going to sit there that evening and I didn't, I don't have a blind or a stand or anything there. I just put on a ghillie suit 
and just sat on the ground, tucked back in a cedar tree. Said, well, you know what, we'll just see what happens. Uh, wind was good, and uh, I felt pretty, com- you know, pretty confident that I'd at least see him. I didn't know if I'd get a shot opportunity. Um, but, man, right about 7.15 that evening, uh, I could see some bucks in the distance kind of coming out of the trees towards the bait pile. And, uh, and hey, if you're listening and, and you hunt in a state where it's illegal to bait, you know, I get it. Uh, you know, more power to you, but baiting is something that you either do or don't do based on ba- essentially where you grew up hunting <laughs> in, in Texas and Oklahoma, many other states, it's legal, uh, other states, it, it isn't. So, uh, I'm not saying one way is better than the other, but, uh, I'm going to use every advantage I can. And so I see these bucks start working towards the bait and, uh, all of a sudden, but coming from behind me, I hear some grunting and snorting, and I said, oh, man, here come some pigs. And sure enough, pigs go right to the bait, and the deer, mm, they slink back into the trees, run off by the dang hogs. So kind of out of frustration, I said, I'm going to shoot one of these hogs. Well, <laughs> by dumb luck, uh, I shot and missed at a uh, oh, about 100-pound uh, pig and it spooked them. They ran off, which ended up being the best thing I could have done because the deer came back and, uh, right about dusk as, uh, as shooting light is fading, here comes that big eight point and he makes his way into the, into the bait. He's got two other young bucks with him that he'd been running with all summer. Uh, and I'm about 25 yards away. I'm sitting Indian style on the ground. Uh, and so I slowly grabbed my bow, uh, got an arrow knocked and I get up on my knees and there's some tall grass between me and him. So, you know, I'm kind of covered and back in the shadows and I'm in a ghillie suit. Uh, so wait for him to put his head down and come to full draw. He's 25 yards away and I unleashed it and that deer, he ducked that arrow and it actually hit him high. Uh, I was aiming, you know, right for his vitals. He ducked, and it hit him about six to eight inches higher than where I was aiming. Ended up working out, though, because it spined him and anchored him right there. Uh, He was paralyzed, couldn't go anywhere, and I just, you know, cautiously walked up on him and and put another arrow in him and put him down. Uh, And, I mean, the emotions that I experienced at that moment, uh, to be honest with you, it was kind of sad. Uh, you know, I had just taken the biggest buck ever, uh, biggest low fence deer I've ever killed uh, with my bow or rifle. And uh, knowing that I would never again look at trail cameras with that anxious anticipation of, is he here? What's he been up to? You know, who's he running with? Uh, all that kind of stuff. Just wondering if I'm going to see that deer on camera. Uh, yeah, there was a there was a little bit of sadness associated with that to go along with the, uh, you know, elation and excitement, uh, adrenaline, all those things combined into one. Uh, but, uh, you know, so grateful for the harvest. Um, actually, I, and maybe I'll tell you about this next week, but, uh, I ate his heart the next day. One of the best dishes that I've ever prepared. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll, I might give you that recipe next week, but, uh, he ended up scoring 142 and one eighth, which was an eighth of an inch bigger than my, uh, South Texas 10 point I killed five or six years ago. And, uh, that's, uh, an eight point with three 
kickers, scoreable kickers, so really 11 points, and uh, he grossed 142 and one-eighth and netted, I guess if you take off those five inches, about 137. So a nice, mature eight-point, uh, beautiful buck, one that I was uh, thrilled to uh, to harvest, and I'm going to attribute it all to that bait pile. Hand corning is the way to go if you want to kill a big buck. Uh, I seriously do believe that. I know uh, many of y'all probably already use that tactic. Uh, some of you might not, but if you don't, and if it's legal to bait in your home state or wherever you hunt, then uh, I recommend that you start hand corning. Um, kind of do it in an area where the buck has cover. I mean, I had trees essentially on two sides of of my uh, bait pile, and that way the buck could come out of those trees and you know have that cover right there and feel comfortable. Uh, so that's what I would do if I was you. Uh, you'll be surprised at uh, what shows up. Put a camera on your bait pile and, and condition those deer to, you know, even if you can't do it uh, more than every other week, um, you'll condition them to look at that site for that corn. And, and once they find it again, um, they're going to feel pretty comfortable at the uh, the buffet there. So that's my advice anyway. It helped me get the biggest buck uh, I've ever taken. And if you want to see pictures of him, he's there on my Facebook page and uh, Instagram, all that good stuff on the website as well. So anyway, it's not rocket science. I'm sure some of y'all already do it. Uh, but for those who don't, you know, take my advice for what it's worth. It helped me kill the biggest buck of my life, one that I'm uh, certainly proud of and, and had a lot of history with. So that made it even more special. But uh Unfortunately, just looking at the clock here, we've got to go. We are out of time for today. Thanks to both of our guests, Justin Dreibelweiss of Texas Parks and Wildlife and uh, Kelton Mollish of Taylor, Texas, a spearfishing innovator. Uh, we will do it again same time, same place next week. Thank you to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of Dallas Safari now Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors. I am the warrior who made it home. Draped in the colors, brother, father, son. Lies a ghost behind the trigger of a gun.